My name is Robert Gibbons. Today is April 24? 24th, 2016, and I'm here with Miss Indira Bruce at the Central Library for our Streets, Our Stories project at the Brooklyn Public Library. Miss Bruce, may I call you Indira? Of course. Call me Where anything. Where were you born? <laughs> I was born in Panama. Do you have a Brooklyn story to share? Of course. I mean, the neighborhood has always been vibrant. Mm -hmm. It's always been a complete mixture. You can find anybody from any walks of life. The food, mm -hmm. you know, like if you come from a certain place, you definitely can find something. You feel at home yes. because you can find something that you normally eat at home. You can go to the supermarket or you can go to the Chinese Korean store and find that and whip up a dinner and you feel like you're right at home. So even though Panama is a country of my birth, America is a country of my heart. I really enjoy being here. And um, I grew up here, I was raised here by both of my parents, who, and um, until my father recently passed away. It's, uh, it's like all my connections, my business transactions, everything has been based here. You know, and you know, it's just a beautiful borough. It's a beautiful borough. So tell me a little bit about your migration in Brooklyn. Tell me where you started, where you went, where you came back, and how did you end back up where you are in Brooklyn? Well, actually, what happened to me was I lived in Brooklyn. I started off from Parkside Avenue, mm -hmm. not too far from here. Mm -hmm. I started here. I went to school for like five years. And then with, after the five years, my parents moved to Queens. So I stayed in Queens from like the sixth grade to like the first year in college because I went to York. And then after that, I moved right back to Brooklyn. And um, pretty much it's been a love story ever since. They're trying to pull me out of here. I just don't feel like I want to leave. <laughs> that's, a great, that's a great point you made. It makes me think about the gentrification issue. And this is one of the parts of the Oral History Project. We're kind of really focusing, too, on how do Brooklynites feel about this upsurge of buildings and all of this? It's kind of scary. Okay. It's kind of scary. And the reason why I have to say it's kind of scary is because it's kind of like to the point where you, you, you don't want to be... With all the newness and everything coming out, you don't want to be, like, displaced. You don't really want to leave it because it's your home. You know, other people are just finding out that it's a beautiful place, but you know it's your home, and it's always been wonderful to you. So to have everything going up and coming and then is a possibility, like some people can't afford the rents that are happening now, you know, things like that. People are a little bit frightened from my understanding and speaking to people. They're a little bit worried. Like how? You know, because, you know, if landlords are selling the properties, other people are moving in, then the rents get higher. You know, that's a lot of the key issues where a lot of Section 8 people or people who are, you know, because like I said, I was a realtor for many years. So mm. I'm looking at the fact that, you know, if you have a program or stuff like that, it's not might be accepted anymore because the rents are a little bit higher than that. So it's kind of like a little scary for some people, especially that this has been their home. They grew up here. They kind of inherited an apartment from families and possibility of having to be moved. You know, it's kind of scary. You said realtor. How does, how, does, how, does, how does a realtor and gentrification mix? Well, for me, I have my landlords and stuff like that. You know, I'm fine. But the reason why I'm a realtor, but then I'm also human. I have friends. So, you know, I'm listening to both sides of it. Because you, you used to come to me and maybe I have an apartment for like, Maybe a certain amount of money. Let's say I have an apartment for eleven hundred, like a two bedroom. That's not really happening no more. Mm. Okay, maybe a two bedroom might be seventeen hundred. But I started doing real estate in Manhattan. Mm. 
mm-hmm. for two companies in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. So I already kind of knew that it went by square footage. When I came to Brooklyn, it's a different story. Even the the, re, uh, the real estate fees and stuff like that are much different, mm-hmm. you know? So in Manhattan, it's like 17% of the first year's rent, as opposed to here in Brooklyn, it used to be like one month's rent for the broker. You understand? Yes. So, it, you know, like things are changing, and a lot of the people that I had before are not able to afford it, mm-hmm. you know? So they are crying <laughs> that I can't afford to pay you this much. I'm barely making it. So, you know, it's salary issues. It's, it's a whole lot of things that's going on. So I'm hearing it from both ends. So what what type of changes do you think need to be made for? for I mean, first of all, salaries got to go up. You know, salaries got to go up. I mean, you know, everything else is going up, but minus the salaries, it would help a lot. You understand? And more education for a lot of people, you know, because some people need to move with the times. You know, technology, a lot of older people have to come back. That's why this library is important. Mm-hmm. because they got free classes for senior citizens and people who are still vibrantly working. There are people who are working in the community and stuff like that, and they just can't keep up. Mm-hmm. And if you cannot keep up with what's going on, it's a problem later on. You know, you're going to be left back. And um, I've spoken, like I said, I speak to real people. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm, I'm a person who talks to the, from the bottom to the Ugh. top. It doesn't matter to me. Right. And when I speak to people who, who tell me that, you know, I've been trying to find a job. And I'm like a thousand resumes. And this new yeah. thing with how you do the resumes is different. Yeah. You know where I'm coming from? It's not no more like to whom it may concern. You have to find mm-hmm. out who is the head mm-hmm. of the organization. You have to, And for some people, when you try to explain them these things, it's like foreign to them. Yeah. After you left school for a certain amount of years. So I think that for the older ones, it's kind of like a little bit hard for them to kind of like manage and stuff like that. Unless they have some kind of a career like in medicine or nursing or, you know. But it's hard for some people. Using your, because you sound like a visionary to me, using that experience that you have to see things, what do you think the future of Brooklyn is? Well, I mean, it's going to be a vibrant, it's, it might be better than uh, Manhattan because it's coming to that. I mean, I've spoken to different realtors. I go to different places and, you know, networking parties and stuff like that. And they're talking about this is like the new Manhattan. So everything is up and coming, which I'm kind of happy to be part of the mix of the changes, but then for some of my friends who are not doing the things that I'm doing and, you know, they're not on that, it, it's kind of hard. It's kind of a little scary because I'm opening up a new company and stuff like that. So wow. for me, it's exciting to be a part of it, you know? Would you like to talk a little bit about that company? Well, it's called Jakota International, mm-hmm. and it's a line of different, like, fashion T-shirts and mm-hmm. sayings and experiences and mm-hmm. all my dirty talk. So I'm putting it on a shirt. So all the nastiness that came in my mind, everything that I've said for over the years. So that's what I told you. Right. I'm glad to be your first. That's on my line, too. Yeah, that's great. That's great. That was a very catching line. It caught me off guard, too, and it made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's a lot of that that's going on. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. So there is a, um, what about the future for your family? Well, I'm trying to prepare them. I'm trying to prepare them that um, to get more wise yes. with... Um, the education. Yeah. I have a six-year-old now that I'm just plugging, plugging, plugging because the more education you have doesn't guarantee a job. So the sad part about the whole thing, you could be the most educated person and you're driving a taxi. Exactly. Because you can't get a job or what you know how to do. You know, it's kind of sad. So I want them to be multitask, be able to do different things. So mm-hmm. I'm starting this business to see if I can kind of like make them develop some kind of creative juices also because ultimately a lot of people may have to try to start doing something at home or something like that because I feel it's coming to that. 
I don't know if you agree, but it's coming to that. We're just letting you share, and that's mm-hmm. that's that's the most important thing to hear your story today. What what's what's the connection? How often do you go back to Panama for Brooklyn? I have not been to Panama to, to, for 34 years, 35 years. I just went back last year, and it was a total culture shock. It was a th- yeah, total culture. America got a lot of places here to visit, you know? And I don't want to be one of those people that just go to their country every year and they don't see nothing else. So I was like, okay, with 30, after 34 years, I was a kid. I left there at seven. So when I went back, beautiful. I mean, I was happy to be back, but it was still different, you know, because... You know, like they're trying to tell me that's where you used to live at, and and they don't want me going nowhere by myself. Oh wait, wait, so let somebody walk with you, and it was kind of like you know, like a shock and seeing family I haven't seen in years. But it was kind of nice, and I took my six year old, so that's great for what, him to be able to experience that. What was the name of the little? What was the name of the city? Well, I was in Colón, and I was in the capital because I'm from Colón, which Colón is a little rough. Is it? Colón is a little rough. That's like certain areas, like, you know, it's a little rough. My town, my part of town is rough, but I wanted to be there because that's where I came from. So I wanted to be there. I wanted to touch that soil again and see what it was like. And I stayed like nine days, which everybody says I'm crazy. I should have stayed two weeks. Nine days was enough. <laughs> you know, nine days was enough because people don't realize you got to come back here. You know, you got to come back here to work and do things and whatever the case is. So nine days for me was fine. So the next time I plan, I would like for Africa next time. You said nine days. What did you do in those nine days? It didn't do much because it rained a lot. And I, w- I went there in July, so it was kind of like rain season. So I didn't get to do too much. I will go back eventually, but I'm going to make sure I stay out of the July day. <laughs> I'm probably going June or something else, but staying away from July right now because that's like a heavy rain month. So And when it rains, it will wash you away. <laughs> that's where I'm coming from. It. Heavy rain, heavy you. rain, heavy rain. But other than that, it was nice to come back, touch family members, see things, and... How much of a family is there? How much? A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of them, a lot of them. And since my father just died, I guess there was a connection to come back over there to see family, see his mother, his yeah. my grandmother, you mm-hmm. know, kind of like I so needed that. Still alive. Oh, no, mm-hmm. she's kicking. She's stronger yeah. than me and you right now. Wow. And talk a lot of junk, too. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned about the Panamanian community, and I know I have a lot of friends that are Panamanian, wonderful people, wonderful mm-hmm. Uh, just wonderful spirit, energy, and stuff. Where is the Panamanian community now? Are they still in the places that you said they were? Well, or? Kelso is still open. What What is Kelso? Kelso is a restaurant on uh-huh. Franklin Avenue because I had mentioned. Well, we had talked earlier uh-huh. about Franklin Avenue, so some of them is still around. Okay. There's some there's some in pocket areas. Uh-huh. You know, some of them are more in Flatbush, but uh-huh. they're still around locally within so the community. There's no central location. Well, right now on Franklin, if you mentioned Kelso, mm-hmm. all the Panamanians know about that restaurant. Right. You know, because that's one of the restaurants that we have within walking distance from here. And um, it's very nice. You get your own authentic food and you get to hear some talk about back in the days and stuff like that. So it's the camaraderie a lot of people go for. Can you describe some of the foods? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. You, you know Spanish food? A little bit. Me too. Okay. Just a little bit. Well, um, we have like the, we call it like, because we're mixed. Mm-hmm. Our food is between... Not just Spanish, but it could be Caribbean, mm-hmm. and it could be um, Spanish, Caribbean, mm-hmm. and maybe Indian. Mm-hmm. The spices mm-hmm. could be kind of like mixed like that. What, what's your favorite? Me, I like the one pot. I like the rice with everything. The one pot. <laughs> we call it a one pot. It's a ro con pollo with everything, it's, which is um, rice with chicken and all kinds of stuff in it, all kind of meats in it, all kinds of stuff in it with rice. 
and it's very delicious. And I can go up to this place called Kelso's and get the one pot. You can get a one pot, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. You tell her, look, I want a Panamanian style one pot. And they'll, they'll whip it up for you and stuff like that. So, yeah. What about other, other foods? Um, you got like um, carimanola, which is uh, like a dough with... Um, Looks like a might look like a I don't know how to describe it to you, but it looks like a like a, what you call a um, beef patty kind of thing. A beef patty. But it's like rolled up in a dough, like made with corn, like mm-hmm. grinded corn, and then it's stuffed with um, meat inside, ground beef and stuff like that, and you could eat it. And it could be done with yuca, which is another thing that they grind up and they wrap it and they eat it. Kind Very of like good. Tamale. Uh, tamale. Yeah, but mm-hmm. the thing about the tamale, remember you 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 boil those, mm-hmm. but this one you fry it. Okay. Yeah. You know your thing. You know your food. <laughs> Anything else? Like it? I mean, I, I just like the food. Now, you know, when I went over there, I ate that. Because, you know, Panamanians eat a lot of pork. So, you know, mm-hmm. when I got there, I knocked that out of the box <laughs> right away. Right away, right. I knocked it out of the box. So right. I ate uh, everything. My grandmother, you know, they make the rice with the coconut. And I'm a rice. I'm like a Geechee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they call it Geechee. Yeah. I love my rice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Right. That's what I do. But we have a lot of different foods and stuff like that. So it's very good. So talk a little bit more about the Panamanian community here in Brooklyn. Well, the ones them that I know, most of them are working people. Mm-hmm. You know, they work in, in hospitals and different areas and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of us been here from when we came through, mm-hmm. and a lot of them were mostly known by my parents because they were a lot older. Remember, I was a kid to them. Right. So a lot of them retired now, and they mm-hmm. still living in the community. Yeah. And they've been living here for years and stuff like that. And we normally see each other when there's some kind of an event. Mm-hmm. That's when you see a bunch of them. Like in October, mm-hmm. on Franklin Avenue, they have a little mini parade. A Panamanian parade. Yeah, a little Talk Pan- about that. Who organized that? Well, you know, one of my son's godmother's part of the committee. Mm-hmm. That she's part of it, setting up with the band practice and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I don't know too many about the head leaders of okay. that. Mm-hmm. But I do know that my son's godmother is one of the people who orchestrate and organize it and mm-hmm. it happens every October one day and stuff like that they That's got an excellent band and a lot of times the Panamanian band from Panama comes and they play okay. at the Hispanic Day Parade okay they come here too oh, but they okay. also go for the um, Hispanic Day Parade in the city uh-huh. around Fifth Avenue mm-hmm. they go there too and they keep winning <laughs> so we be having a good time with that after that the after party Oh, yeah, they be winning that band, baby. I be laughing. I laugh when I see that. I said, mi gente, mi gente. That's when I was speaking no English, you know, mi gente. I start showing off my people. I act like I ain't got no sense. But it's a proud moment, you know? It's a proud moment. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, How much time do we have? Yeah, it's getting down now. Thank you, Miss Bruce. Is there anything else that you'd like to share? No, listen, thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. You know, because I want that on record. Thank you very much for having me. (laughs) And, um, you know, that's about it. You know, thank you very much for everything. And this was fun and it was cool and unexpected. So, thank you. Just send me the CD. I'll give you the address or whatever. Send me the CD. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome.